Hi, this is Martin Medeiros with Negotiation Strategist Research, and as you know, I stand for the proposition that we communicate our needs to the world using negotiation and how effective we are at communicating those needs to determine if we achieve our needs. Negotiation is agency. Negotiation is freedom. You can control it. Hi, this is Mark Medeiros with Negotiation Strategist Research, and today I'm going to talk a little bit about negotiating with irrational behavior. I want to talk about two primary um, researchers. One is Schiller, and the other is Thaler. And what we talk about here is uh, how to deal with irrational people. I've interviewed a lot of people in my publications, one of which are psychologists, and they say most couches are occupied not by people who have some of these pathologies, but by people who have to deal with people with very difficult, irrational personalities. And that's what I want to talk about today. So what um, Thaler talks about, um, he's a Nobel laureate, uh, Richard Thaler, he talks about negotiating with irrational behavior, how to deal with irrational choices, say in a negotiation or a transaction. Uh, Schiller talks about uh, humans being irrational, what he calls animal spirits. Uh, these things where, uh, for some reason, people don't do what logically makes sense, which is to be very human. So given that humans aren't all logical, we're not all illogical. We're kind of a combination of both. And I want to get right into some of Thaler's things. Uh, when we're negotiating for a value of something, Thaler uh, coined this term endowment effect, whereby if we hold something, uh, we will value it more than what we're willing to pay for it. And this was done with mugs and college students, basically. Uh, the students who held a mug would part with it twice as much as they were willing to buy it for. And this is what we call the endowment effect. When we hold an asset, we generally overvalue it. And you see this on the, um, every day on your street, you know, uh, for sale by owner houses, sometimes they'll be way above what the market will bear, but it's their baby. They have all these great memories in that house and they price it high and this sometimes works in a uh, inflationary market where prices are being bid up in a real estate market but a lot of times you'll see that house go on and off the market based on this irrational endowment effect this overvalue so um, the way to get around this is uh, the more information we have the more confidence we having a transaction. So uh, in the information age, we want to seek better information, not just more information. The next 
effect, I guess, or the next principle Thaler talks about is this idea of confidence on how more information makes us more confident. And he's the example of how NFL draft picks have all this data on individual players in order to predict their future performance. And we kind of hear uh, when you're watching a game the statistical oddities they talk about, uh, very arcane things. Oh, this is, you know, the first six days of, you know, uh, his performance on the field, if they did this, then this is a predictable outcome. Well, that's information. Uh, it may be good information, but probably it isn't because what Thaler found is all the information in the uh, draft pick regime uh, didn't matter in predicting future performance. What did matter was the quality of the information. So less good information is more than just a bunch of stats that really don't have a correlation, a scientific correlation on future performance. And that has to do with this idea of information. Another one of the uh, concepts he talks about is this idea of fairness and how it can be irrational. For example, uh, if it's raining and I, if it's not raining and I sell um, an umbrella, say for a dollar, that's one thing. If it starts raining and I increase the price to $2, uh, people would say, well, well, I guess it's supply and demand, but if it starts downpouring and I uh, start selling an umbrella for $5, People may think, well, that's not fair at all, but actually the mechanism in the way markets worked is if my goal is to get more umbrellas out to people so they're dry, actually this mechanism of supply and demand actually does that well. And we may think of, well, uh, there are some other things that may uh, divorce the umbrella say from the situation if i'm on a beach in grand cayman uh that umbrella may cost you know fifty dollars if i want to rent one say for the day um so the situation and not the item is what drives the market and the market mechanism actually helps that and you see a lot of uh anti-gouging um legislation for disaster areas which on one respect seems fair hey if people are need ice and there's no one else around. There's only one guy in town who stockpiled it and he's selling it for $20 a bag. That's just totally gouging the people. But give it a few hours and you'll have everyone in the country driving there with bags of ice selling them at you know $15, 10 and 5 and that's the market mechanism. So it's dynamic. And Thaler talks about this idea of um, you know what is fair and it's very uh, a sliding scale. Another thing he talks about, this idea of nudging. Uh, this concept of nudging is uh, that human behavior is irrational and irrational behavior is predictable. And how do we nudge people in the right direction? And that is to uh, what he calls choice architecture, pre-selecting rational things. For example, retiring, uh, saving, retirement savings is a good idea. Saving for your retirement is good. But if you have an opt-in uh, box, let's say, as a new employee, most employees won't opt-in or, or a less percentage will. Um, but if it's pre-selected where, say, 2 or 3% of your salary will go to a 401k, those people will generally leave it. And it's good because employers want their employees to have a good retirement and 
Uh, it's good for the employer because they actually have money in their retirement. And that's called choice architecture, where we pre-select a rational financial, in this case, financial decision, where um, people generally won't get around to opting in themselves. It's a little bit, you know, commandish, but those are uh, some ideas of how people act irrationally and how we can combat it. But let's say that you're involved in a transaction personally and people are irrational. One of the most important things to do is to get third parties in to help with that irrationally. These are called intermediaries. What can an intermediary be? It can be uh, an attorney, a CPA, a a mediator, someone who can take two disparate people and if there is irrational behavior going on, you probably need a third party that isn't an enabler of the irrational behavior, but kind of gets us going where, hey, I know I'm looking at my stuff, it's very important, but maybe there's another way to view this. And that is where your intermediary goes, uh, gets involved. And if it's a real dispute, then the ultimate intermediary, of course, is a court of law. And so those are the takeaways. One, you're going to have to anticipate irrational human behavior. And I want you to nudge people, as Thaler says, into that rational behavior. Let them know that there is this thing endowment effect that makes them overvalue. Uh, Let them know that confidence in information can override uh, a decision, whether or not that information is any good. Um, Understand that fairness has to be looked at in the, the scope of a dynamic situation. And finally, I want you to think about how an intermediary can be used if you really can't overcome persuasively uh, irrational behavior. This is Martin Medeiros with Negotiation Strategies Research. Thank you for listening.